I am Araceli, a wealth advisor, real estate investor in the United States and Canada, and creator of Wealthy Women in Real Estate. Every week, I meet with Colette, a real estate broker and a real estate investor in Canada. We come together to talk about all things real estate investing and how to increase your wealth. Join us. Welcome everyone. This is Araceli, Transition Wealth Advisor and Real Estate Investor in the U.S. and Canada. In my chat with Colette today, come on, Colette, can you? Oh, hi. <laughs> that was a different introduction. I'm usually used to you say, and I'm with Colette and introduce yourself. <laughs> but I should know the deal by now. We've been doing this for so long. <laughs> Anyway, hi everybody. My name is Colette Rabba. I am a residential real estate broker in the GTA. Friends with Araceli, obviously, if it's not obvious. Oh, you know my friend? I don't know. Yes, we are very good friends. Yeah. So also, Araceli and I love to do the show. And why we created the show, too, is to give you advice, to give you uh, ideas, uh, thoughts, how things happen in the real estate and financial world. Um, and how we can enhance your life and your experiences when you're ready to either buy, sell, or in this case, rent. So you have two landlords here. So also uh, not just a real estate, uh, uh, res uh, residential real estate uh, broker, but also an investor and a landlord. So uh, Araceli as well. She's got a couple uh, rental properties. And uh, we have experience good and bad with tenants. So today we really wanted to talk about the five things that generally speaking, landlords will ask you. Uh, this should be no surprise if you've ever seen a rental application because all these questions are on there. But we just wanted to dive in a little bit deeper uh, to give you if you are a tenant or uh, uh, you know, uh, possibly even if you wanna become a landlord, these are things that you should be familiar with the document, but also in general, what you're allowed to ask and what you're not allowed to ask. So, uh, or make decisions on based on what they give you. So there are some reasons why you can uh, reject an applicant, um, but we're not even gonna talk about that today. But if you do want more information, that's what we're here for. We're a phone call away, text, email, whatever you want. Please ask us questions. That's what we're here for. So shall we go ahead with our five little yeah, so this episode basically is meant for either, as Colette said, if you want to become a landlord, what things to ask that you're allowed to ask, and they're kind of representative of the kind of tenant that you're going to get. And also for people that are looking to rent, and they want to be prepared of what they're going to be asked, and you know how is that going to be better or not in their favor i guess so uh right. so let's get started so the first one is very obvious which is the income and your length of employment so right. that is very important that for ten for landlords to look at because they want to see that somebody's been working for a while that they have a steady income because you know obviously they need to have means to pay the rent correct colette well, yes. And also as a tenant, you actually want to make sure that you can afford the place that you are renting. So obviously, if you're making a thousand dollars and you're renting a place for two thousand, you know that you're going to just be rejected because there's no way that you can unless you can prove uh, that there's other income coming in. Yeah. yeah, income coming in. So this is a really funny uh, little um, 
snippet of what happened to me not too long ago with one of my uh, uh, clients that I'm representing them as landlords. Uh, I had tenants come in and they showed me it was parents and three kids. And they showed me the income. I think one parent wasn't working. One parent was working retail, making maybe $50,000, $60,000 a year. But this was a full house. So based on her income, she they could not afford this house. But then she showed me her daughter's income. And she was a gamer, online gamer. And she alone made $120,000 a year. So I suggested they put her on the lease you know, to make sure that the, the landlord, when I presented this to that, to him, uh, that they would be accepted based on that income too. So <laughs> this is the thing that's so important, even though you think, oh, you know, of course we can, we'll manage, we have lots of savings. Landlords don't care how much you have in savings, or even if you, you're getting some kind of uh, peripheral, maybe from the government, um, you know, some kind of payment, exactly. it helps, but Honestly, number one, all has to do with your income, not just you, but everybody that's going to live there too. So that should help you get yeah. the that you want. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is basically number two, which is your income to rental amount that just Colette talked about. Right? right. The ratio that we like to see, and I don't know if you agree to this or not, but we like to see 30%. So we don't want you as a tenant to pay more than 30% of your income to rent because you still have utilities, you still have to eat, you still have kids, whatever life, uh, lifestyle things that you you might may or may want to travel, things like that. So so that's a really good ratio. We realize in Ontario right now that that is very very uh, difficult <laughs> because rents are so hot. Yes, for sure. Um, and this is obviously, as a financial planner, I can tell you that it is very hard to reach that. But that's why a lot of people, they are actually coming together, even that they're not involved. They come and rent something together because right. combined income, uh, you know, they share expenses when it comes down to housing and some of the uh, food and other things that could be together. Right. So there's friends there, uh, you know, brother and sisters coming together, you know. Um, so that is something that, you know, we're really kind of have to do right now in order to make it happen. But this right. is something that you have to be aware of. If you're thinking about moving into a property that is a little bit more costly than what you can afford, maybe you can get together with a friend, somebody that you can, uh, you know, put your income together and make this happen so it is possible but it just takes a little creativity so of course and let's just say uh you can't uh you know as let's just say there's lots of different scenarios but as a young person you know you don't have the income to uh to meet that 30 percent you can always ask a parent to co-sign for you yeah. or to be a guarantor so depending on the, the landlord they might accept that they might be okay with that some landlords say no it doesn't mean anything there's still no guarantee so there are ways around it again like always talk to us and ask us uh or you know even just watch the rest of the episode to find out we might actually blurt out <laughs> some good information because you know how you can, like talk and talk so yeah. let's move on to number three yeah. <laughs> yeah. so aerosol was a little surprised uh and this is not something that you'll see on um the rental application 
But something that I do, I actually advertise my rental properties on something like Facebook. So if somebody replies to that Facebook ad, it's through their social media Facebook page. Yes. So I always, you know, there's nothing wrong here. You sent it to me. I can, I'm privy to your photos, to your name, to Googling you as a person. I can go to LinkedIn. I can go to any other social media sites to check you out. And it always helps to actually have a social media presence because we do want to know who you are. We want to know there's nothing to say that, oh, we're going to, you're not allowed to reject someone based on the tattoos, let's say they have, or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Or the color of their hair. No, that's not important, right. right? Exactly. So, so that's why social media presence is good. I, I know it's not lawful to say you have to, do, you can't, you don't have to do anything. But when it comes to actually getting accepted, we all as landlords want to know that you are a nice person, <laughs> really in essence, like that's what it is. doesn't matter about the color of your hair, you know, what kind of charity work you do. If you want to add all that stuff, great. But we just want to know the type of person you are. Uh, you know, if you travel a lot, all yeah. of that, believe it or not, can, we can, we, you know, we can't decide we don't like you based on your choice of music. So don't worry about that. Like that's that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about uh, do you look like you're responsible? Do you only have pictures on your social media about you falling down drunk every weekend at the park? You know, even though we can't reject you from that, it really shows your character. Yeah. And I'm sorry, that's the truth. Uh, whether you like it or not, that's what we do. If you don't have a social media presence, we can't reject you based on that either. We just, you know, in this day and age, that's something yeah. that we can use as a tool. And, and I'm doing I mean, the only way that it's kind of like your image out there. Right. So, um, you know, for people that don't have social media, good. But the majority of people, I would say 90% of people are in social media you have to be consistent with what you're saying, right? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, just have nice things, things like that. It just gives, it doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day, but it does show that you do care about. You know what your, it does? Right. You have to fill a rental application out. So let's just say you have something that I work in daycare, and this is my, um, I'm writing this out and this is the company that I work for uh, at ABC daycare. Yeah. So now on your social media, if it shows that you are a bricklayer, let's say that's not a bad thing, but then the two things don't yeah. match. Yeah. So, you know, that sort of raises questions. So just things like that. Keep in mind that we want to sort of see who you are based on the information we get from the rental application and that it, you know, verifiably is you. <laughs> Not like you just hit it on the head right there. It's basically consistency with what exactly. you say, with what you're doing and what you're showing on social media. And that is pretty much it. So don't be, uh, you know, well, don't be concerned. we're not creepy trying to reach yeah. anything like that. Nothing like that. Well, speak but for yourself. <laughs> Consistency uh, only. So exactly. that brings us into number four. Another thing that is very important is how many people will be moving into the rental unit, right? right. 
Yeah. Um, so that is actually can help you because you're if, if there's two adults that are uh, bringing income, then this might be actually in your favor. However, if you have five adults coming in and three of them are younger kids that are not working and then one spouse is not working and then the other is working, but it's not making a lot of money. That might not help you very much, right? But you do well, have to disclose the people right. that are. That is, that is a question on the rental agreement. So if you lie about it, that could be grounds for eviction. So you can't move into a place knowingly that there's going to be, it's a one bedroom apartment and you have five people moving in. So there are laws uh, that also state that you just can't have that many people. You know, I'm not saying exactly what the law is, but you can't have a one bedroom apartment and have 20 people live there. Like that's just unlawful. So you have to be honest about it on the rental application. Say how many people are living in there. It will be living with you. Uh, also, let's just say there's a big house and you want to sublet a room or sublet uh, the basement. That won't be held against you, but it also means that you have to take responsibility for that. So that's a whole other ball game. If you want more information about that, we can talk about that. But this so is something that is very, very clear on the rental application. How many people and who are they? Are they kids? Are they grown-ups? Not just for how many people are going to live there, but also for safety. You know, the landlord has to know how many people will be living in that house. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So the other thing with that, Colette, is that um, if you are, let's say you move in and you're single, but then you meet somebody and you want to live with them, it's better that you talk to your landlord and say, you know, is it okay? Do, what, do we need to pay more? What is it? Just, you know, everything is communication. So if right. some, something changes or maybe you have a child that needs to come back uh, and live with you, something like that. It, it's perfectly okay if there is a space for it. Of course, if you have a, a little bachelor apartment, may not be conducive, but... Um, well, no, so, so the law also says that the landlord can't arbitrarily say no. So yes. there has to be a discussion there. It is always better to come clean and, and to be honest about it before something happens. Uh, the landlord can release you out of your, your, if, if things happen and, you know, like you said, a child has to move back in and you personally, as, a, as the parent don't want them to move into this small place with you, you know, you have this conversation with your landlord and the agreement that you signed, or you will be signing to say, if we, if there's an emergency and we need to move out, how much notice can I give you? All these things should be in the lease at that time. But again, that's a lot of information. So very basically, how many people will be moving in is the starting point. And yeah. if that's who uh, the landlord is is accepting, if that's what they want, if that's how big the house is or property, whatever, whatever size it is, that's going to be okay. So for example, I have a basement apartment. It's a one bedroom. I had someone inquire for four students. And I said, no, <laughs> like, like, where are you going to sleep? Like, where are they all going to be? <laughs> so unless they're all not there at the same time, like I can't imagine wanting to be in a place in a small apartment in a basement with, you know, three other people. But anyway, that's my own comfort level. For sure. Anyway, so, and the fifth thing, 
is. Do you want to say it or you? Yeah, it's pets and how many. Okay. And the same, you cannot be rejected in an application because you have a pet. Actually, that's not true. Okay. Yeah. Tell so me. the law is, the law is you cannot be rejected or kicked out after you have moved a pet in. So it's very different. If okay. you have a pet, and it's always a bone of contention with a lot of people, I have the right to ask, do you have a pet? And, or, or how many pets do you have? And based on that, mm -hmm. I can say yes or no. There is no law against saying no at this point. If I, if you're honest about it, and then you move the pet in, I, as a, as a landlord, cannot kick you out. So really, there's, there's that, again, clarity between you and your landlord. You don't want bad blood. Just admit it. Be honest about yeah. it. There are lots of landlords that accept pets. Depends on what kind of pet. You know, maybe I don't want to, you know, let's say in my basement apartment, I don't want someone to move in with 20 snakes. Okay. That's just my comfort level. I can say no before I accept you. So what happens if they bring the snakes after? I can do nothing. And that's the fear of with so, landlords where. Yeah. So that is really kind of a gray area because you don't want to have 20 dogs or 20 cats in a small place which well, i don't think you not even in a small place in any place <laughs> you know and also like this this we can go on about just number five by itself because uh you know just because you move in actually sorry <coughs> if you move in and you don't have a pet and let's say you're lonely you're by yourself and you get a dog the landlord cannot say no to you after you've already moved in, you've already established uh, uh, an, uh, an agreement and um, there's nothing in the lease or even in the, in the, in the application to say, um, there is something in the application to say, do you have pets and how many and what kind? Uh, that should be, you should be forthcoming about that. If you're not, then there'll be discussions about what happens if you do show up on the day of the other thing that i know about colette is if you do have a multifamily unit uh in which they are very close together and one person is allergic to a pet of course. then it might be a discussion that you need to have with the person that is bringing in the pet to say right. listen this the other tenant here it is allergic to it you either have to get rid of it or you have to be released uh, that is really grounds for it but that's what you need to really be in communication with your landlord to figure right. out their problem you also have to use common sense if, they, they, if, if it's a house right you might be able to say well i can get a dog it's okay and the landlord there really has nothing to say but if there is something that is people that are really living close by right that it's uh like a house that is divided like i do have it uh then you have to be careful even ask them before you bring the pet in 
right? Um, yeah. And so on. Also, there are some dogs that are very disruptive, that they bark all the time. That right. also has to be looked at. Well, when when an animal or a person, let's say you have a guest that stays for, you know, over a month. Now, are they considered a tenant or not? So um, let's just go back to pets and being disruptive. So number one, if they are disruptive, that's another clause in your lease. And that is, you know, we're giving you this place based on you being a quiet and thoughtful tenant. So that is now part of the other clause where your your pet is being disruptive. So you could actually be evicted for something like that, but there has to be proof. And let's say the other tenant that's living across, you know, right in the next unit, uh, they're the ones that will be able to give you that information if you, the landlord, don't yeah. live there yourself. Um, the other thing too is with pets, uh, be very careful in condos because a lot of condo boards yes. don't accept pets. So as a, as here I, I let's just say I own a, a apartment a, a unit in a condo building, and the condo rules have to be given to the tenant even before they sign any agreement because they have to agree to those rules. Yeah. So one of the things might be no pets bigger than five pounds, uh, you know, or, or things that no, no noise after 12, yeah. you know, or, or midnight. So all these things that you as a landlord are responsible to give the tenant that information before. So as a landlord too, if that person brings in a pet, you could be in trouble as the landlord too by allowing that tenant to move in with yeah, you. Yeah, and that is if the uh, if the condo corporation actually allows tenants because some right. board, they doesn't they don't even allow they have right. to be um, the owners of the property in order for them to live there. So you have to also be careful if you're buying something that you think you're going to be renting and the board doesn't allow rentals or Airbnbs then you have to be careful because you have to abide by those rules. So that's exactly. what it is. So that is it for today. So um, it, it was a, it was a more uh, in length than we thought about, but it is important for you to know whether you are a tenant that wants to start renting or somebody that is a landlord, you want to become a landlord and you want to know what to ask and what's important. So number one is the income and length of employment that the prospective tenant has, the income to rental amount ratio, uh, that's, that's number two. Number three is what is their social media and if it's consistent. Number four is how many people will be moving in. And number five is pets and how many. So that's it for today. So thank you Colette so much for being here. And My pleasure. We will see you in the next one. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, please remember to subscribe and send us a comment. If you have anything else that we didn't talk about today, please let us know. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thank you for being here on the show. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get notified when there are more shows available. And if you would like to have more information on how to start investing in real estate, please visit my website at www.arisalihernandez.com. Thank you.